Welcome to season two of Performance Rising Podcast, a very different podcast this season. We are all very much dealing with the realities of social distancing, and we're taking a turn to speak with athletic directors and coaches and other people involved in athletics to find out what is working, what is not, and how are they reimagining athletics in this time of social distancing. So just like I kicked off season one with Cortland head coach Steve Axtell, I'm here again talking with him. Steve, welcome back. Thanks. So Steve, like you, we have very limited time between kids waking up, kids getting back and the like. Um, So I just come up with three questions I'd love to hear your feedback on. And the first is, how is social distancing impacting you and your program? Uh, Everything's brand new, that's for sure. Um, So it's kind of learn on the fly. I'd say it's been really great, actually. It's been kind of like an opportunity to get to know them differently. Um, you know, I think like when we're at the school, our older guys, our captains who are more comfortable coming in the office, they come in the office and, you know, just kind of want to chat and hang out a little bit anyways. Um, but our younger ones kind of miss the boat on that. And so I feel like I'm getting to know our younger ones more so than I would probably if we were at the school. And what have you learned about your team? Um, they're definitely more fragile than anybody thinks. Um, you know, like they're not used to this either. And they're, I think a little bit worried and scared about their grades their academics and how they're going to manage it. Um, you know, so I think they're all of the college kids right now are probably trying to hide some anxiety towards it, some nervousness towards it. Um, you know, just picking up on some of the discussions with them. Um, you know, they're definitely more worried about it than I think coaches and admins and and people around them, uh, give them credit for. Do you feel like they see you as that person that's going to provide structure in that way? A little. Yeah. Um, I think like the more that they can interact and the more that they can connect with people that are comfortable um, to them, I think the better. I think it kind of eases their minds and eases their tensions a little bit. Is it a challenge for you? And, and I can only speak for myself on this front, but I know that it is very stressful, is very new. I can't say that I have mastered this because I haven't. Um, and if you're like me, you're still very much grappling with the realities on your end as well. So really the question I'm trying to figure out is who, who knows what this is? And, and do you feel do you feel the pressure, I guess, to come up with answers that maybe you yourself don't have? Yeah, but I've been pretty transparent with them um, about that and just say, you know, look, none none of us have gone through this. Um, So when we have talks and we have, you know, kind of these little chats and, you know, they ask for advice, it doesn't mean that it's the right answer. And it doesn't mean, um, you know, ever that it's the right answer. But I think, for the most part in our normal life, everything is built on experience. You know, you can kind of give a safe answer to a kid based on X amount of experience in that setting. And now none of us have experience in this setting. And so uh, what I've been telling them is just, you know, very transparent approach is that, you know, I don't have 
experience in the setting. You know, I'm as brand new to it as you. Right. Um, I've got years on you and I've got, you know, a decade or so on, on at least all of our players. And so I'll try and use that life experience to help you and kind of help navigate through some of these things. But, you know, none of us have the right answer. So it sounds like you're leading through vulnerability. Yeah, probably so. So full disclosure, I did a lot of work with Steve and his team last semester uh, with my performance coaching, culture coaching uh, capacity. And we spent a lot of time in uncovering the archetypal stories that um, define his program. So shout out to Culture Talk right now, uh, which is uh, an assessment in a company that focuses on archetypes. So if you want to learn more about them, culturetalk.com. Uh, all that said, that short plug to say that we uncovered uh, three dominant stories. One's the story of the hero, which you might expect in collegiate programs, but two that you probably won't expect. One being the every person, the story of collectivity being part of a, a larger whole and uh, the caregiver. Um, and Steve, it sounds like you're really tapping into the story of the caregiver at this time. Do you feel that same way? Yeah, definitely. Um... I think they're just so lost and the more that we can talk and the more that we have these little like zoom meetings and, and Google hangouts and group chats that are going on, the more that we do those, um, I think the better that they feel, not necessarily they have the right answer and they're, you know, going to get everything right, but they just feel more comfortable about it. So let's go there. Tell me, give me soup to nuts. What have you done? What's working? So let's see. When all of this started, they were uh, instantly on spring break. So they didn't have schoolwork, which was great. So our kids actually still have a prolonged spring break right now. Um, this is week two for them of no schoolwork. And this week, their teachers are kind of ramping up, trying to get organized and get them logged in and kind of get the groundwork going. But there's literally no assignments. And so for the last couple of weeks, um, since this whole thing started, I've been giving them some assignments, some reading. And then we'll have a hangout. We'll have, you know, at least a topic to discuss when we all get together. So instead of randomly saying, hey, let's jump on this Zoom call here and there's 30 different faces and, you know, it's pretty cool to see everybody, but then you run out of material pretty quick because nobody knows what to talk about. So I've just been giving readings and assignments, which has really helped. Um, the readings obviously link towards things that will help our program, things that will help our team. Um, you know, mindset type of stuff that I think when they get down and they start reading about this stuff, it kind of snaps them back into, you know, a strong mindset and discipline at a time when, you know, there's, it's kind of a free for all. So they don't have a class that's making them wake up at a certain time. They don't have a rigid schedule, um, really like their day is entirely up to them. And so that's a pretty easy scenario to waste as an 18 to 22 year old. Uh, but it's also a lot of time if they stay disciplined. So we've been working on that type of stuff. So I need to ask about that because I know a hallmark of your program is a very clear cultural blueprint, cultural messaging around being the best person you can be. And a large part of that is, is discipline. And so as someone who I know values discipline in all facets of life, how are you yourself coping with the fact that like you said, this is a complete free for all that there is no, there's no structure to days anymore, at least not yeah. under uh, traditional definitions. 
Yeah, uh, I get like really antsy when I don't have a rigid schedule and I have a lot of free time. And so I'm going a little bit nuts over here. But our kids have a schedule. So, you know, obviously there's like this circadian rhythm of kids that will kind of get you up and moving and, you know, kind of figure out the day. Their norm is still the norm in terms of when they wake up and all of that. So we've got some sort of structure. Um, they've got a schedule in terms of their schoolwork, our young kids you know, our elementary school. And so they have little Google Hangouts and little things that they have to do every single day. So they're structured a little bit in that type of way. Um, we haven't been necessarily living by the clock, um, but more or less, you know, before meals, after meals. So before lunch, this is what we're all going to do and we're all going to get done. And then we're going to take a little break. And then after lunch, here's what we're all going to do. So we've kind of just been living on, you know, maybe not a clock, but more of like a family fluid schedule, um, but still getting a lot done. I'll get antsy. And, you know, if I feel like we're wasting time, um, you know, I'll either like quick do a little like sets of push-ups or sit-ups or like get the kids to do, you know, some lunges or something like just to get moving um, and kind of snap back into it. So we're not just sitting around. So it's and definitely yeah. Sorry to interrupt, but what what um, what are the ages of your children? Um, three, seven, and eleven. And I have a five-year-old and an infant, uh, and I think all of us who are parents are dealing with this issue. Uh, just want to go back, Steve, if you're comfortable. Could you tell us what the readings are that you're sharing and why you pick those readings? Yeah, I'll share one with you. Um, one is called Message to Garcia. And long story short. Um, you know, it's about essentially discipline. And the premise of it is there's a guy, Rowan, who was given a, a task and said, hey, we need to deliver this message to Garcia. And apparently Garcia was, um, you know, out in the woods, over the ocean, through these, you know, treacherous kind of uh, journey for him to get this message there. But uh, this guy, Rowan, in, in the reading, didn't ask questions. He didn't say, well, where is he? And how do I find him? And, um, you know, why does he need to get it? And what, when does it do? Um, he just said, okay. And he went about on his business and, and delivered the message. So um, I think that kind of hits home with our guys right now is that, you know, in a time when we don't really know the answers, um, it's easy to start asking more questions and doing less. Um, and so when they're given a task, let's say it's by their professors or, you know, they've got their fitness program to do. Um, instead of asking questions and kind of complicating things more, let's just sit down and do it and see where you land. So that was our first one. Um, and then from there, every player came up with a quick little saying of kind of how they thought the reading tied into their soccer experience with us um, and maybe some things that are they're going to hold on to throughout the spring and summer going into preseason. So that was pretty neat. And again, as much as you're willing to share, did did any of the any of that feedback surprise you? Was there a particular message that you found to be really interesting or really surprising? Well, I did it with our incoming players too, because they're in a bit of a, you know, senior year is crazy for them and they're a little bit upended. So I did it with them just as like a kind of bring them closer to the project right now. And so the the answers between kids that have not been to college yet and the kids that are going to be returning players are astoundingly different, which was pretty neat. Um, not that they didn't get the reading right, but just 
the connection that they think uh, bridges the gap between what college soccer will be, what our team will be, what the college environment will be. Um, so it kind of like reaffirms that message that um, freshman year is really hard because they have, they just definitely don't have any of the answers yet. So sure. That was yeah. pretty um, you brought it up. So let's go there right now. Recruiting. What yeah. is recruiting in the age of social distancing? It's one thing to have an incoming class. I know you've have established relationships with those kids, but let's go to the next year class. Like how do you see this working? Yeah. So, um, I think the kids are a little bit on edge about it of, you know, when are we going to be allowed to play again and when are college coaches actually going to be able to see me play? So I think the kids are nervous. Um, you know, the kids get inundated by emails anyways. So I don't think more emails at this point is the right answer. Um, so I think like phone calls are better right now. Um, it lets them hear a voice. It lets them, you know, kind of get off of a screen, which is going to be new to them. So that's going to be a different feel. I think them getting hard mail is going to feel really special right now. Um, and in, in a time when you're kind of confined to your house, um, going out to the mailbox and actually getting something with your name on it might be pretty exciting for a kid right now. So hard mail definitely, I think is the right answer. Um, and then I've just been kind of digging in similar to our, you know, college guys of, um, I'll give them a personality test and say, Hey, just complete this. Let me know your results. And then kind of what you think about it. And so I'll, I'll actually give them, um, some pseudo assignments and things to kind of get them engaged a little bit more than just responding to an email. So, um, you know, I can kind of picture myself and I know our kids are, are bored out of their minds here. So, you know, if you're a high school junior and, you know, you've obviously got some work to be done during the day. And then for the most part, you're just hanging out with mom and dad. So tasks and things and little like projects to do that are going to connect them to their, you know, hopeful next college, I think would be pretty cool for them right now. Has this changed the way you communicate? Yeah, probably. Yep. Um, I think, I think just it, because it's not normal. Um, like I said, like nobody has the answers. So I think um, people that are claiming to have the answers right now, I think are coming off a little bit abrasive because it doesn't match that internal unknown that everybody has. And so all these kids have this internal unknown, uncertainty, what lies next? When is this, you know, these uh, kind of restrictions going to be eased up? When do I get to play again? When do I get to see my friends? Um, so people that I think are pretending and acting like they have the answers, I don't think it hits the core right now. So I think the core needs to be met with, you know, hey, I don't have the answers either. Um, but right now in this moment, let's do this. Um, I think is, is more comforting than trying to predict and trying to tell them exactly what's going on. It also, with that, sounds like, again, thinking about this recruiting piece, if we can't see them, then there has to be another metric to look at. And that metric seems to be, in my opinion, it is, but it seems to be uh, the internal space. 
that if we can't physically see a player compete, then there has to be a different internal criteria that we're judging them by. Does that make sense? Yeah, I just think the timeline is flipped on it. So usually you go and you watch players and, you know, you kind of deem the ones that are good enough to play for your program and then you get to know them. Um, and because we can't go figure out if they're good enough to play for our program and if we like, you know, kind of who they are as a player, we've got to get to know them first. Yeah, yeah. And then when it is time to go see them, you've got this list of kids that, you know, you really made a strong connection with. And then I think all the coaches are going to hope that that player is the soccer player that they also want. So I just think the timeline on it has completely flip-flopped in terms of when you're doing your homework and in what space. Do you think this might be a lasting vestige of all this, that maybe we are shifting towards a, a more human-centered as opposed to player-centered model, or do you think it'll just go back? I guess I you can know. only speak for yourself. For yeah, I think yeah. it'll go back for most, um, especially if this is – not long lasting, you know, if it's just kind of a blip on the radar, yeah. um, depending on what you've been doing in this space in the last week or two, um, you know, if you haven't changed anything yourself, then, you know, you're probably just going to want to go back to life as is. But I think those that have tried to figure this thing out a little bit um, have probably gotten some tools that they've really enjoyed and didn't know that they would enjoy until this time period that we're definitely going to employ and deploy even when life goes back to normal. Right. Whatever that is. Yeah. Last question. What challenges, what questions, what problems are still out there for you that you don't have solutions to? Um, <clears throat> I think the two things. So, the kids on the team that are really fueled by social connection. I think we're just missing the boat on that. Um, I don't know if there's a right answer. I don't know if, you know, their extremely extroverted personality like really ticks by seeing someone on a computer screen. Um, so those are the kids that I think are definitely not dealing with it well at all. The kids that, um, you know, pop into your office every single day just because they want to say hi and chat and, you know, kind of take 10 minutes and they do that with everybody in their life. And so now they don't have it. That's tough. Um, the other one I think is the, the mental health piece that, um, you know, when kids get lonely, when kids get isolated, when kids get um, in a space where they don't have those connections to either take their mind off of it or actually put their mind in a better place. Um, those are kids now that are, I think, just kind of shelled up um, without their normal avenues to feel better about themselves. So that's tough. I definitely don't have the right answer to that either. Yeah. And I don't think anyone does. No. Steve, as always, I thank you very much. Of course. This is the, the start of, I think, many conversations that we're all going to have in this athletic space about how to cope with social distancing and the realities that are now upon us. So thank you for taking the time, and I wish you and your program all the best. Of course. Thanks. I appreciate it. Take care. You too. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Performance Rising Podcast. 
If you liked what you heard, you can find all the information about the podcast at performancerising.org. And be sure to check out the Instagram page at performance underscore rising.